Hello and welcome to the Airbike Podcast. Today we have Rizard, Ross and myself Alex standing around the mics this time around because we're going for the Healthy healthy Office Podcast. Stretch the legs. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> it's always good to, you know, get up and stretch the legs in the office. So today we're going to be talking about developers learning design and understanding the fundamentals. In the previous episode, we spoke about designers and whether they should be learning, you know, the uh, skill of the developer, you know, learning code, learning code fundamentals, basic front-end stuff. Yeah. So today we're switching it around a bit. Switch through. There <laughs> you go. Um, <laughs> so, Ross, do you want to kick us off with design? Like, tell us about your design history. Let's <sighs> let's pretend that you're applying for a design job. Oh, okay. Uh, for whatever reason. I probably wouldn't. Start with <laughs> because of my lack of experience. Um, yeah, I I've kind of just picked up tools uh, over the years out of necessity. So started with uh, dabbling in Photoshop, and then obviously Sketch came out, and um, yeah, kind of from there, I I have basically picked up all I've learned from techniques used in like other people's templates that I found uh, over the web, just or in other designers that I've worked with in in industry. So have you been? kind of using these develop uh, design tools for quite a while then? Uh, yeah, yeah, way before I was probably developing, to be honest. Um, that was kind of the interest in uh, making everything look good and being able to pitch it kind of that way. Um, yeah, so probably, probably before development. That's interesting. I was a designer before developer. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think everyone is kind of like a designer before developer. Um, because it's always nice to sketch out what you want to make. Um, so you always go through the process of what you're trying to achieve, um, the kind of colors you may use. and But one thing I always realized is that when you start developing something, you do sometimes tend to change some certain elements because in code, it looks completely different to what you may have designed originally. Definitely. Um, I mean, I've encountered quite a few developers that have been interested in design. Um, and as you briefly mentioned about the sketch um, sketch templates, I think that's awesome because I use a lot of sketch templates myself. Um, and I think it's great that this is so accessible and so easy to use um, across the spectrum of um, um, people with different talents. Absolutely. I think sketch has lowered the barrier of entry for developers to, to get an insight into design because obviously it's built for mm-hmm. ease of use and, and for people to be able to understand it in, a, in almost technical fashion to help translate the design. Yeah, and obviously as as the years have gone on, more and more recently, well, that I know about them, that there's more design tools that really kind of not lower the barriers, but they make it more accessible, I'd say, to people. And it bridges the gap between uh, developers and designers as well, yeah. which, which obviously when that uh, gap is reduced, the developer gains exposure and learns about, you know, the design design aspects of things. Ross, have you ever gone off out of your way to kind of look at design principles um i yeah i think i i do i'm really interested in kind of ux rather than ui design i think ui design is pretty uh well because obviously especially we specialize in mobile design so a lot of that is already kind of being pre-decided like you can't you can't go too experimental otherwise you're just gonna end up with um weird elements that people don't recognize how to interact with so I'm more interested in like the UX and picking up UX, and it's always again by example, looking at what other people are doing. There's some great websites out there, um, 
struggling to remember some, but I think Patterns, I can't remember if that's even still around, but there's there's websites like that where you can just go on and look at other apps that have, that have got interesting uh, UI and then you can start kind of talking with other people and deciding how they actually built that in both the design uh, way and, and as well like the technical side of it. Yeah, and I guess even looking at apps or websites that you're interested in yeah. that you know catch your eye, a lot of times these great products uh, that have great development fundamentals, they'll also be well designed because if they've got a team around them, you know, well funded, yeah, you're going to kind of pick up stuff from that and gain exposure that way. Yeah, um, and I also think that so many like websites. I think in recent years, I'm actually surprised about how how much more developers are actually getting involved with design. Um, and I think like a few months ago, I had a de um, developer talk to me about um, typography. I think it was even you, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was shocked because I was like, it's never. Um, it was never something that I would expect someone to care about um, typography, um, and even even one developer I worked with. Uh, this is this is what I this was my expectations because I told him to use something like Avenir Next for a typeface, and he was trying to debate to me how all typefaces look the same and even compared it to Comic Sans. Um, <laughs> so yes, I'm I'm very glad that there's been a um, there's been a change and in interest. Yeah, I think that's quite down to um, development now. I mean, it hasn't stag stagnated, but there's definitely a level, I'd say it's plateaued a bit, where uh, where a level has basically meant that most development is quite boring and quite straightforward. Like, it's, it's a lot of it's the same. Um, you know, it's, it forms um, r with kind of list elements. It's, it's very, very uh, monotonous after a while. So the design starts to become really interesting because that's the how you can change it from project to project. Even if you're building the exact same thing, from design you can actually change it up uh, and I think that's probably one of the main influences of people getting interested in the design side. Yeah so that kind of helps the developers it makes them respect the design process because it can actually change their kind of the way they work yeah development. we're starting to become the differentiator between a good product and a, and a bad one now um, even you know there's some products out there that are beautifully designed but they still uh, perform quite badly in terms of uh, kind of technical implementation mm -hmm but because it looks great and uh, usually that's enough for them. I see. Um, and <laughs> Alex just struggling with his mic. <laughs> um, and um, so I think last last time we spoke about a full stack designer. Yeah. Um, what do you think the counteract would be for a developer that is interested in design? Great question. That's I have no idea because a full stack developer is actually a very different meaning, yeah, right? Exactly, exactly. Um, Can a full stack developer design a product? I mean, not, well, yeah, why not? But it's it's just like, I don't know what the, the term is. I think if you're doing that, you're pretty much like an owner, right? You're doing <laughs> everything. Exactly, um, exactly. And that's, I mean, that's kind of why we end up formulating teams because you, you en then just end up with one person's insight, which is not necessarily a good thing. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess it, it depends on how much time that developer has, how much freedom that developer has. Um, but, you know, we've sort of obviously seen loads of people do 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 the product owner role and they do it well um, because they're kind of open-minded and take on people's advice um, but it, yeah it depends on your team it completely depends on the business well that's interesting and going back to that full stack engineer or even a senior engineer um i'm sure you've worked with yeah with some um how much do they respect the design process and is there in industry is there kind of a neglect sometimes uh Either? There can be. It can be an afterthought where 
they aren't really interested in it you know they're they're part of the workflow so they by that point they they probably haven't interacted i'm talking about kind of a large company here old style company sure. they probably haven't interacted with the designer they might not even know who it is they get a design probably in uh image form not even like a sketch file or anything like that and they just have to work from that and usually at that point it's kind of like best guess because you're kind of given tools there that really limit you already you haven't got measurements you haven't got anything you might get lucky and the developer knows about it and has kind of tried to prep those images in a better way like given dimensions and stuff but most of the time you're going to end up with tools that aren't adequate enough for the job so therefore the developer just ends up kind of doing the best guess anyway so that that's more of a kind of like separation between designer and developer there, yeah, definitely. Which can cause that, cause that big gap. Yeah, I mean, uh, in industry, I don't see that many people, or I haven't seen that many people that that do do both roles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's interesting because I feel I don't know. Um, it was my limited experience, the speed and of what, and the speed of conversations I've had with people and how it's progressed from design and development should be a separate thing to now it's starting to become more integrated and now we're talking about all these plugins do you reckon that it's going to get to a stage where it may there may be a new job title that comes up that is literally one in the same yeah i think so well i hope so anyway i think yeah. it's got it's got to end up going that way mm. um i mean it's, it's difficult because obviously you're going to end up with two sets of people that come from two different backgrounds that are having the same title as you as you're kind of alluding to there how do you, you know, you still got to differentiate them somehow that one's, a, one's come from a design background, one's come from a uh, development background. Saying that, you do get developers that do, haven't never done computer science, they've come from maybe an arts background and gone into development maybe late on in their career. You know, wh- where do you class those? They've obviously got a bit of both, but by trade, they're a developer, but actually by mindset, they might be creative. So how do you, how do you class those? And I guess could be talking along the lines of a kind of product management role there. As you said earlier, that full stack developer that could also design. You know, you said he's a product owner. Yeah, and it's kind of that that princi- same principle of defining what a product manager is, and they can come in all different forms, and some of them can come from design, development, or you know, it's just so differentiated, and there's not really a title to say, at least not that I know that a uh, developer product manager. You know. Yeah. Well. To differentiate, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I mean, you are talking kind of about product owners. Um, yeah. And they should obviously have an o- overseeing role within the whole product uh, and have knowledge of design and respect design and respect development in the same in the same manner. Yeah, I agree. Wow, this is very non-confrontational. <laughs> we all agree that everyone should be a designer and a developer. <laughs> <laughs> Which maybe is not a bad thing. But why isn't there a movement? Like there's clearly a movement right now of um, designers learning to code, yes. right? And Un- everyone agrees. Is why I don't feel anyway that there's a movement for developers learning to design. That's interesting because when you say it like that, is actually I can actually see that because um, I feel the kind of message I've got is to kind of hold a developer's hand whilst you're designing, <laughs> never to get the developer to go in as well mm. um and that's something i've even been learning at airbyte is how do i integrate and how do i actually even use like your your flow and actually convert it to design mm-hmm. um so we can always go back and forth um and i guess i think it's a it's, it's a fair it's a fairly new concept um so 
I think, yeah, there definitely should be a movement. There should be way more encouragement. Um, but I think it's also because design, design and code is also a new thing that people are pushing that more. Yeah. So obviously we, um, the other day we spoke about uh, the level of skill involved. So if I'm coming to your design files, your sketch files, and mucking around with it in ways that you don't like, how do you manage that process? And how do, how do I get better as a designer without getting in your way? Um, so what I do is I start, I just try and apply, I just try and apply the principles. So for example, I always make sure I have a good symbol set. So there's never a time where someone tries to create a shape um, when there's clearly another symbol that I've already created that they can just replicate. Um, and obviously, yeah, if I'm given, if I've given like a massive sketch file and things aren't organized the way I want it to, then I may, I may spend an extra bit of time and it, it may just be a little OCD thing mm. that I have, but it's also just, if I organize it, then I hand it back, then you can see what I've done. Um, then hopefully it's intuitive enough for them to hop on board. But I think that I should apply a better strategy to that personally. So is that kind of giving guidance in? So for us to kind of give them those symbols and they said like, if he wants to kind of start making a new page, a new form with buttons, text boxes, you know, you use your references. Yeah, and um, it should like literally all be there. So any any symbol I make, I try my best to make it as clear as possible um, of what each of them do. So obviously I have CTA, which is call to action um, dark or like call to action light, so they can see on what yeah. areas they should use it on. Um, and yeah, just it should be labeled well um, and there should be good examples of what it's been used on before. Yeah, so I guess tools to kind of help you with this, we've been playing around with um, abstract, which is obviously which is essentially Git for uh, design. So you can check in, um, utilize branches and, and work separately, but then merge all together, support sketch out the box, which is a really good tool. Um, and obviously familiar for developers in terms of workflow. So yeah. that's definitely one we'd recommend. Obviously sketch is a big player um, until Envision Studio comes out at least. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, would recommend obviously getting, getting involved with that. I think another key point as well is actually which we kind of ignored up to now is um, programming in general is, is effectively function, right? You put in an input, you get an output out. Um, it's either wrong or it's right most of the time. Design is not like that at all. So how do you, how can you advise someone from a mindset of I must get the right answer to a mindset of actually it doesn't matter if I get the right answer right now because I can change it later on or we can revise it later on. Okay, um, another hard question. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, I can understand that um, coding, again, with my limited knowledge, yeah, it is very, you get the answer straight away, um, in my opinion. Uh, but design is, design is a very opinionated thing anyway, so it's hard not to make assumptions. So the advice I would give to someone that is not used to that instant response mm. is... Um, practice <laughs> I mean yeah. there's no other way around it it's um, it's in sense of try your best not to make s as much assumptions as you normally do um, and yeah sitting in the office if you're if you're sitting in the kitchen or like anyone around you always ask um, what's your opinion because that's the easiest way to get to a more solid answer is when you get people that have no no attachment or no idea to what you're doing mm -hmm. um, to give you a response and that Obviously, like even me and Alex had that experience the other day. Twenty minutes change, like probably saved us two weeks of work, because um, you get clarity exactly what you want to achieve. Yeah. 
I was going to ask you one more hard question there, Rizad, if you if you think you can handle it. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> now I was going to ask, do you have any? Uh, it's not. Do you have any interesting experiences with developers? You know, jumping in on your workflow that you kind of haven't really enjoyed that experience, and how have you dealt with that? You can include me if you want. Oh, <laughs> no, no, it's uh, it's not, it's not even um, I think I've worked in quite like quite a lot of um, I've done a lot of free projects. Um, I've worked in a lot of teams that just just for experience, you know, that that whole thing of oh, get exposure situation. So I've always had developers hand over um, their files, whether it be Photoshop or whether it be Sketch. Um, and yeah, I've encountered a lot of things that have not been pleasant. Um, <laughs> I've encountered. Um, I've encountered uh, typefaces or blocks of text that have been actually converted into vector files that I've then had to go and type out again um, because they've been vectorized, and I don't—I never understood why people would do that. <laughs> um, and yeah, I've like you know um, inconsistent color schemes, um, even way things are layered, and it's like a is a myth to try and actually find the full stop or whatever. Like <laughs> it's <laughs> it's, it's yeah it's, it's all of those things. It's why the negative experiences I've had is that is the ones that take so long because they're not organized or they're not att there's no attempt to be clean um, and that's something I used to do so I'm not gonna act like I'm completely innocent because when I started using Photoshop um, I never grouped my layers I never I never labeled them or I never did any of this because it was be something that I designed um, but then I started learning when I had to hand over yeah, sure. things to other people um, and you never want to be the one that people look at your file and like, what the fuck? <laughs> you never want to be that person. So obviously I think it's something that, especially what we're saying about the tools that we're getting now, it's something that will be adapted and I think developers will learn to translate their designs properly. Nice. So I think at around 20 minute mark again, nice. we're getting good at hitting, nice. that, hitting that mark now. We'll finish it off there. Um, we've had a busy week with podcasts this week, which has been good. Um, unfortunately, Steve has been sitting out a few. Hopefully, we can get him back on <laughs> soon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've only got three mics, so. <laughs> Insider knowledge, that was. <laughs> soon come, soon come, don't worry. <laughs> so, yeah, cheers for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Or hear you next time. Oh. <laughs>